0: Well, thank you for joining in our singing this morning. You may notice, though, when you came in, that there is a lot of new name tags that have been made. And if you signed up to get a name tag, let me encourage you to uh, get one and uh, then place it on the board when you leave today. And there are some that uh, signed up, and they have a name tag on the board, so you may want to check that if uh, you don't see one out in the foyer for you today. Well, I want to talk with you today about a new kind of fishing. I wonder, how many fishermen do we have? If you're a fisherman, hold up your hand. How many fishermen do we have? Ah, we've got a few fishermen. And, uh, you know, fishing's not always easy. Uh, I had a cousin that sent me a little video this last week, uh, kind of briefly, about fishing that I wanted to kind of share with you as we begin our study today. Ah, it's not always easy to be a fisherman. I assure you that. I want to talk to you today about a story of Jesus and fishing. If you got your Bible, we're going to be in Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. The scene is that Jesus is on the shore of the Sea of Galilee. The Sea of Galilee is uh, 13 miles long and about 8 miles wide. It is 680 feet below sea level. Though so, the uh, atmosphere is almost a a tropical one. There were nine towns that were built around the Sea of Galilee, of which Jesus attended and visited most of them. Jesus now, though, has uh, changing his modus operandi from being in the synagogue to now being out by the lake where he is going to be teaching people. So if you got your Bible with me, we're in Luke chapter 5, beginning in verse 1 one day jesus was standing by the lake of gennesaret now the sea of galilee had several different names one of them was the lake of gennesaret because that was a plain by where the uh, sea of galilee was to be found also sometimes it is called the sea of life if you uh, have a map of the bible and you'll see that coming out of the uh, sea of galilee and going all the way down through the Bible lands is what we know of as a Jordan River. And it ends up at the other end as what we know of as the Dead Sea. So sometimes the Sea of Galilee was called the Sea of Life as opposed to the Dead Sea. One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the Word of God. Ah, What a great time for Jesus to have people who are so interested that they are crowding around to learn about the Word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one that belonged to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. One of the jobs that a uh, fisherman had when he got through his fishing was to wash the nets the nets would pick up uh, weeds and sometimes sticks and sometimes even rods and if nets were not washed they would rot so even though they were tired after all night fishing the job there was that they had to wash their nets so There was a a boat there that belonged to Simon, and Jesus got in and said, Simon, will you push out a little bit so I can talk to people? And they would gather right up to the edge of the water to listen to Jesus as he spoke. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. Now, this was really going to be a, a challenge here for Peter. Peter and uh, the men who were with him, they were experienced fishermen. They knew that the best time to fish was not during the day, but during the night. And they had all night been out fishing, and they had not caught a thing. Let me tell you, it's a rough thing to... uh be somebody who is a fisherman and you fish for a long time and you get skunked and jesus says to him put your nets out put your boat out in the water you're going to have a big catch and i wonder if he didn't think what does jesus know about fishing i mean here he is a preacher and i i'm a man that's been fishing for years i know this is not the time this is not the place but lord If you say so, I will let down the net. Now, I suspect that when they pushed out from the bank, that all the people who were fishermen who were gathered on the bank saw them, and they thought, What are those guys doing out there? This isn't the time to fish. Why are they out trying to fish during the day when that's not the right time? So as the story continues, it says this, When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break, so that they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came, and they filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, "'Go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man.'" For he and all of his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats on the shore, left everything, and followed him. What a great story this was about our Lord, and they find that uh, the Bible says that they left everything to follow Jesus. Now, this was not Simon's initial meeting with Jesus. Back in John 1, verse 41, the Bible says that he had been introduced to Jesus by his brother. And then in Luke 4, verse 39, Jesus had healed Peter's mother-in-law who had been ill. But now Jesus calls on him no longer to be just a part-time disciple, one where you made your living by fishing. But he said, I want you to come and follow me. And they walked out and they left everything they had in order to follow Jesus. He said, I want to make you now so that you will fish for people. Now there were between 18 and 24 different species of fish in the Sea of Galilee. And there are going to be all kinds of people that Peter and the disciples are going to run into as they try to make them followers of Jesus. Luke 19.10, Jesus said, I came to seek and to save that which was lost. And now he has enlisted Peter, Andrew, James, and John to be full-time with him as they are going to be following after Jesus, trying to bring other people into the kingdom of God. Want we'll to talk to you today a few things about fishing now you can see i got a couple of fish up here that uh, have been caught during the uh, lifetime of uh, myself and my father-in-law uh, this one was caught by uh, my father-in-law law Han kite over in a little lake south of mclean and it weighed nine pounds nine ounces it was a black bass and this is one i caught in a lake over in east texas and she weighed 11 pounds i'll tell you the kind of story uh i was fishing in a small boat and my wife was fishing with me and when i hooked that fish you could tell i had a big fish and i got him up near the boat and my wife reached over grabbed a hold of that big mouth and pulled him into the boat she later said this i knew that if i didn't get that fish and dick lost him he'd never speak to me again well that's not true but i was glad that she grabbed him and brought him into the boat But what Jesus is talking about here is a new kind of fishing. That is, whereas an angler is one that has a a rod and a reel and some kind of uh, lure or bait on it and tries to catch fish, somebody who is going to do fishing like Jesus taught here is going to do something completely different, and that is, it is net fishing. Now, follow with me if you will. Now, one man can be an angler and catch fish. But if you're going to be a netter, you're going to have to have a group of men to fish with you. Now, the way they commonly fish was they let the nets over the back of the boat, and then they would let them out and make a circle. And when they got at the end of the circle, they would pull on both ends and drag in the fish that they had caught in the net. And this was going to be a new direction for him. In the past, Peter and the disciples had always fished for fish. And now he said, you're going to do something different. You're going to fish for men. I think of the story over in Acts chapter 18, verse 6, when Paul was at Corinth and the Jews would not listen to him. And he said, we are now going to go in a new direction. And we are going to talk to the Gentiles. And here it was that the disciples were going to have a new direction. They were going to be people who would fish for fish. You see, when you fish for people with a net, it means that you're going to reach out not by yourself, but with the help of others. I love the story of Liz Curtis Higgs. She was a uh, radio announcer in Detroit. She was known as the Motor Mouth of the Motor City. And she had rough language when she talked. Do you know who Howard Stern is? One of the most filthy mas- mas- mouthed man I've ever seen or heard. And he told her, he said, Liz, you've got to clean up your act. Good night, if you can imagine somebody telling her that when he is like he is. When Liz moved to... Louisville and when she moved to Louisville she didn't know anybody and she made friends with a couple and they invited her to come to church with her and so she began coming to church with them she didn't know anybody and uh, one day as the preacher was preaching about how the Lord had died for people she reached over and whispered in the ear of the lady was with her boy if I had a man who would die for me I'd marry him in an instant And she responded by saying, Liz, there is a man who has died for you, Jesus Christ. Well, that kind of touched her heart, and and people in the church began to befriend her and uh, make her feel welcomed, and she joined the choir. And one day they were singing in the choir, I have decided to follow Jesus. And she came out of the choir, came down front, made the confession of her faith, And was baptized into jesus she then began speaking about jesus and she became an author and wrote many well known books one of which was bad girls of the bible and what we can learn from them and she was one that made a real impression in helping other people find out about the lord but you know she did it because not just one person talked to her but because the whole church realized here is one that we need to see brought to jesus and so as a group effort, they they reached out to her. And you know, you're not called on to be one who just goes one-on-one trying to teach somebody, but rather we as as a church, like they would have net fishing, we will all reach out together to help bring those who are outside the body into the body of Jesus Christ. You see, net fishing is different than angling. And what Jesus called upon these men to do was... To be men who would all work together, and as they all work together, they would able to be bringing people into the kingdom. Let me tell you that angling depends upon deception. Now, uh, if you could see a little closer, you would see at the end of my pole that I've got a lizard on there, and you know if I would throw this out there and fish, I would want the fish to think now. That is a good bait. That is something fresh to eat. And I would try, he would try to eat it. But now, when you are net fishing, you're not trying to deceive somebody. You're not trying to use trickery. But you're trying to make something like just a uh, good meal that they would be in a natural way when you just kind of scoop them up in a net. You know how people come to the church? You know how people come to the Lord? There was a, a great survey that was done among thousands and thousands of people as to how people initially come to the church. And these were things were the results that were found. There were 6% of the people who were just walk-ins. That is, there was a church in their neighborhood. They thought, I want to go to church, and so they just walk in. There were about 3% that would come because of some kind of program. Maybe they were interested in a youth program or a children's program, and so about 3% would come that way. Now, I'm sure this next one is very much higher here. 3 to 4% would come because of the preacher. Ah, I'm sure that's higher here. And then there were about 3 to 4% that would come because of some kind of special need they had. Maybe they had a child that had some kind of a problem, and they wanted to get the child involved in something with other kids. And then there were those who came just because they were visited. Somebody that they did not know knocked on their door and invited them to come. And that out of 10,000 was about 1 to 2 percent. There were some who then would come because of Sunday school. They wanted to be in a Bible school. Maybe as a kid they were raised up, and so they started coming because of Sunday school. And that would account for about 3 to 4 percent. And then there were some who came because of a revival or a gospel meeting. Listen to this, if you will. Point zero, 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 one. Came because of a gospel meeting or some kind of a revival. That's one out of ten thousand. But there were many who came because they were invited by a friend or relative. And between 70 and 80 percent of the people who come to church do so because they were first invited by a friend or a relative. You know what that tells me? It tells me that if we're going to be growing as a church, it's not just one-on-one, but it's the whole church working together and people inviting their friends or their relatives to come. And when they come, then we as a church surround them like a net and we reach out to them and make them feel welcome let them know how glad we are to have them so that they will feel comfortable and at home and you don't have to do it all by yourself but just reach out to somebody you know and invite them to come so that they can come and be a part of the family of God and we'll help you and we'll do all we can to make them feel welcome and so they can learn the word of God and become a child of God now, the most important verse, I think, for us to know is 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15. And as Peter wrote, he gave us these words. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Three things, he said. Number one, you need to make sure that Jesus Christ is is the Lord of your life. That He is ruling, and you look to Him as the ruler of your life. Number two, you know how to answer people. Now, the only way you're ever going to learn how to give an answer to people is if you do some study. So you're encouraged to study so that you can give an answer to people. And the third thing is, so you can share with them the hope that you have. And the hope that we have is that We're going to be eternally with the Lord Jesus Christ in heaven. And he said, I want you to be ready for that and able to do that so that people can come into the kingdom of God. You see, the reason Jesus came was to seek and to save the lost. Luke 19, verse 10. And you and I, as fishermen, are to be fishing for people. And we're to be concerned about those that are lost, that we love, and do all we can to help them become a part of of the family of god number three i want to tell you that anglers are usually people who are interested in catching netters are interested in keeping do you ever watch a fishing show on tv if you ever watch one of those fishing shows one of the things that uh, is kind of unusual is that you will see all these professional anglers, and they will catch fish, and they will look at it. Sometimes they will weigh it to know how big it is, and then they just pitch it back. Now, that's not the way it is with what we're doing. When a person becomes a baby Christian, they don't need us to quit being people who love them and reach out to them and try to help them to grow. But rather, our desire and our goal is to help baby Christians grow up into strong, mature Christians, because that's what we've called upon to do by our Lord Jesus Christ. Let me tell you, number four, that there are three kinds of fishermen that God wants. Three kinds. Number one, He wants somebody who loves people. If you got your Bible, look back in 1 John chapter 4, verse 19-21 through 21 with me, if you will, and you'll find that Jesus said, you cannot love God if you do not love people we're being called upon to be people who love people and love people who are lost if we love people who are lost then we are likely to reach out to them and invite them to come and be a part of us at the church so they can learn more about Jesus and have their hearts warmed and have their hope filled with going to heaven to be with Jesus Number two, Jesus is looking for people who are anxious to please their commanding officer. Over in the book of Second Timothy, chapter 2, verses 3 and 4, as Paul wrote, he said this, I want you to know that we're not just interested in the world, but what we're interested in is pleasing our commanding officer. And our commanding officer is the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's to be our goal. That's to be what we're trying to do. We're trying to love people, and we're trying to please the Lord Jesus Christ. And then let me give you one verse here. Philippians 3, 7 through 10. And that is, Paul said this, I want you to know that in comparison to loving Christ, everything else is garbage. There is not anything that is greater and more important and should have a greater impact in our life than loving the Lord Jesus Christ. He is above all, and you and I are to put him there in a place of prominence and love him and serve him. You see, Peter had had some encounters with Jesus. He knew a little bit about him. His brother had introduced to him. He'd seen him heal his mother-in-law. But now he comes to realize this. Peter falls down at the feet of Jesus and says, Lord, away from me. I am a sinful man. You see, it's one thing to think of yourself in comparison with other people. And it's another to think of yourself in comparison with Jesus. Jesus is Lord God Almighty. And above all, we are to be seeking to please Him. Do you know the story of Robert Burns, the Scottish poet? Robert Burns was one that had phenomenal ability. He was one that could write and write poetry and write songs. And in his his life, he, he went everything to do his writing and to share it with people. And people didn't care much for it. But he died in 1882, and after his death people began to to read his poetry and read his songs. And they said, man, this is great. And as he became famous throughout Scotland when he was deaf, they decided that they would make a a statue of Robert Burns so that people could know what a great man he was and how great was his poetry. And so a, a statue was made of Robert Burns. And uh, it was decided that they would have a day which they would honor him for what he had done for their country. And as they uh, had gathered, there was a sheet that was put over the uh, statue. And the man who was in charge got up and said, You know, we have come today to honor our poet. And we have a special surprise for you. We have with you the mother of our poet. And she has some things that she would like to say and they pulled the sheet off and there was revealed the the statue of Robert Burns and she got out a little piece of paper and she looked up at that statue and as she did she began to cry and the tears fell down on the notes that she had prepared and she just kind of folded them up and put it in her pocket and said I came today with a speech to make, but I'm going to be unable to make it. And she looked up and the statue and she said, Oh, Robert, you asked them for bread, but they gave you a stone. You know, as this mother was so dedicated to her son and loved him, So it is, you and I are called to be so dedicated to Jesus Christ that Paul said everything else is like garbage in comparison to knowing and loving and honoring the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Lord has called upon us to be fishermen, to be people who will reach out and like a a great net brings in fish to bring in people into the kingdom of God. And if you and I are going to be the kind of men and women that God wants us to be, we've got to be that kind of fisherman. And I want to urge you to start thinking about who you can bring, who you can invite, who you can encourage to come. And when you see someone that you don't know, that you reach out to them, make them feel welcome, know that we love them and are glad to help them so that they too can know about the wonderful Savior we have jesus christ our lord you're called upon to be a fisherman to join in the crowd and all of us work together to bring people in so they can know our wonderful savior would you pray with me dear father we know that peter realized his job was to follow you above all else and lord he left everything he had to be your servant and, Lord, may we, too, be willing to give up everything we have in order to be the kind of fishermen you want us to be. We love you, Lord, and we want to see others come into the kingdom. We want them to have the same hope we have, and that is of living forever with you. We love you, Father, and thank you for all you've given us and done for us. In Jesus' holy name we pray, amen. We're going to sing a song of invitation, and maybe there's a way we could encourage you today maybe you're not a christian and you'd like to come forth and make the confession of your faith and be baptized maybe you'd like to just let it be known you'd like to be a part of our family here maybe there's someone you'd like to have us pray with you about and pray for i'll be at the front and our elders will be at the back and if you'd like to pray they with someone or for someone they'll be there to help you if we could serve you in any way Dave, if you'd like to come why don't you do it right now we just stand and sing our song invitation together I love to tell the story of unseen things above Of Jesus and His glory Of Jesus and His love I love to tell the story Because I know it is true It satisfies my longings as nothing else can do i love to tell the story twill be my theme in glory to tell the old old story of jesus and his love